All right, and welcome to Psychology Stuff, the podcast for the University of Wisconsin Green Bay Psychology Program. I'm Ryan Martin, chair of the Psychology Program, uh, and uh, and host of today's podcast. And today we've got a couple of special guests, but we're going to talk about the psychological benefits of volunteering is the topic for uh, today's podcast. And so um, we're going to start with our first guest. Uh, we've got uh, here Michelle Hewler, uh, the Family Service Director, is that correct yep, title? Yeah, you so, got it. For yeah. Habitat for Humanity, so welcome. Yes, thank you. All right, do you maybe want to take a second to talk a little bit before we introduce Sarah, to talk a little bit about what you do with sure. um, Habitat? So as the Family Services Director, I work directly with the families at time of application and support them throughout their builds and then until they get um, into their home and are become homeowners. So we have application meetings to start, and anywhere from 1 to 50 people attend those meetings. They learn about the program. They're able to receive an application at that time. They're required to do eight hours of volunteer work before they even apply to kind of show their willingness to partner. Volunteer work with you? Not necessarily, just within the community. We kind of allow them to do that anywhere. It just shows are they committed to go through this application process. We do require them to complete 300 to 500 hours of sweat equity, which is basically volunteering on helping build their own home once they are an approved family. So that eight hours up front just kind of says, I can commit to doing that up front. Gotcha. Um, Once they apply, then we go through several different checks of background checks, financial reviews, all of that kind of stuff. Um, They do have to meet our ability to pay, which is guidelines that are set by the Brown County Housing Authority, the 30 to 60%. They have to be able to afford the mortgage. Um, then once they're approved, they get to choose their lot, and then we start their build, basically. And so mm-hmm. I really pretty much support them, make sure they're getting their hours done on time, making sure they're taking homeowner education classes, making sure they have everything they need to be able to succeed and be successful in becoming a Habitat homeowner. Gotcha. All right. And then once they're in their home, um, just kind of follow up with them and make sure everything's going okay. Outstanding. Yeah. Okay. I've got some other questions for you on, on all of that. Sure, so, yeah. Because there's a lot there that's really interesting yeah, that, to me. So. Usually I give a presentation about an hour long and all okay. of that. Ten seconds. I just right. gave you. So. Wow. Outstanding. Yeah. Well, I want to quick introduce our other guest who is, uh, I think, a, a psychology and stuff student all-star at this point because this is her <laughs> third episode of Psychology Stuff. And that's um, Sarah Busco, who's a psychology student here at UW-Green Bay. Welcome, Sarah. Hello. And, and what Sarah's got kind of two roles here today because, one, she's um, done a lot of background research on the psychological benefits of volunteering, so she's got a lot to say about that. But she's also been pretty involved with Habitat uh, mm-hmm. as well. So can you describe kind of what your involvement's been with Habitat? Sure. Um, I became involved in Habitat when I was a freshman here at UWGB. Um, I went on a build trip to Louisiana. Um, it was awesome. I didn't know anyone when I went, so it was a completely new experience. Um, I fell in love with Habitat's mission and also the officers that were on the trip. And I'm following that year, I became an officer for the UWGB chapter of Habitat for Humanity. So I've been involved since, um, since then. I've been on um, other build trips as well. Um, I went to the Philippines um, a summer ago, which was amazing, and did a global village trip with Habitat. And then I've been on a few other Habitat trips around the United States. Wow. So uh, uh, altogether, about how many trips have you been on at this point? I've been on four. Four. Wow. Yes. Okay. Well, and then I have to ask because I've got ties to the area. Where in Louisiana <laughs> were you? We went to New Orleans. Did you? Okay. Yes. Outstanding. Mm-hmm. Good. Um, 
All right. Mm-hmm. So I guess the the question, I guess the first question I want to ask about the volunteer experience for uh, for people like Sarah, describe that experience for me. So uh, mm-hmm. we've got tons of students listening to this yeah. podcast, but also just people throughout the community. If they want to get involved, I guess the first question is how, and then mm-hmm. what kinds of work would they do? Sure. So the biggest stereotype is Habitat for Humanity builds homes. The only way to volunteer would be on a construction site, which isn't true. We have a lot of variety of different ways um, people can volunteer. Sometimes I get intimidated by, you know, I don't have any skills to work on the construction site. So, of course, we have those opportunities. We build Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays, full days. Um, If people can only commit a half a day, that's fine. They sign up either online. They can go at greenbayhabitat.org. And they can find the volunteer forms online, or you can call our office or stop in, of course, anytime. Our volunteer director can go through what it takes to volunteer and help you fill out the form as well. Um, But basically, you just sign up. All the opportunities are listed online as well for different days and what type of task they're doing. So if you do have construction experience and you want to paint or you want to do drywall, they'll say what days, you know, you can do what activity or if you prefer to work on prefer to work on one side of town or another. They have all those details on there. Um, But we do have a couple of other volunteer opportunities too. We have several committees at Habitat where we have our selection committee where we approve all of our families. Um, That's lots of people who are interested in banking or just community members or past Habitat partner families, anything like that. We have our support committee where um, it's a group of advocates and mentors who mentor the families throughout the build process. Um, We have a construction committee, we have a young professionals group, we have a finance committee, all that kind of stuff, and then we also have our Habitat for Humanity Restore, which is um, over off of uh, Ramada Way, Mm -hmm. and it's where they sell used building supplies and materials and furniture and things like that. So there's merchandise prep, cleaning, cashiering, all that kind of stuff too, and the Habitat Restore supports the Habitat mission, so all the funding that they make, the profit goes back into um, Habitat for Humanity to build more homes. Wow. Okay. So lots of and, Yeah, options. lots and lots and lots <laughs> yeah. of uh, options. So, and Sarah, if you could pick one of the trips you've been on, one of the four, and kind of describe for us how it all, how it all went down. You know, okay. sort of how did you get started? How did you, what, what is the trip like when you go there? How long? All that stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm actually the president for Habitat this year, so I got to plan the trip oh, that we well, went on this winter. <laughs> so I know everything that happened. And where um, was that too? The... We went to North Carolina. Okay. Um, it was kind of a small town. Um, it was, um, we worked with um, the volunteer coordinator down there to kind of get everything ready. Um, so basically we get to pick how many students we want to go on the trip and then pick where we want to go. And then we kind of work with the volunteer coordinator to figure out what, what we're going to be doing when we're there, when she wants us to build. Um, then once all the students sign up, um, they basically just have to fill out waivers and be ready to go and get on a big lamers bus for 16 hours to make <laughs> the trip down there. Um, and then once we get down there, it's a lot of um, just settling in and working with the volunteer coordinator to figure out when she wants us on the build site and stuff like that. Um, And then once we start building, um, it's basically whatever they need. Um, So wherever they're at in their projects is basically where we pick up. Um, Sometimes we work on just one house. Um, Usually we work on more than one though because we take between 30 and 40 students with us. So we usually work on two or three houses just to kind of split the work so everyone's busy. Um, 
And on our trip this year, we got to do some foaming um, in a house. <laughs> we got to put up some, we had to put up the trusses on a roof and put up the plywood on the roof, um, put the foam around the house. Um, we also did some caulking in one of the houses. Um, so it's basically that took up most of our time. We also we put up a porch. Um, that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So it was a lot of hammer skills, um, sawing skills. Some people we learned people that didn't know how to use a tape measure learned how to do that. So even the basics, um, you don't have to come with any knowledge whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also you get to meet usually one of the families that you're helping as okay. well. So we got to meet a family that was receiving a home, um, and it was a mom and her four kids. Um, that were receiving home, and they kind of told us their experience and how they started and how the kids got to help um, do a little bit of the building and um, how grateful she was for getting the opportunity to own a home because that was her dream. Mm-hmm. So, right. Well, and, then, and that must have felt incredible, which sort mm-hmm. of is a nice segue into one of what I really want to talk about today, which is what is what are some of the psychological benefits mm-hmm. to um, – to helping and to volunteering here or for a, a host of other places. And so, um, Sarah, maybe you want to start with sure. what some of the research says, but then we'll expand it into what you've seen from people you've worked with or even yourself. Yeah. Um, well, a lot of the research points towards the same thing. Um, volunteering um, increases physical health and benefits your mental health. Um, for your physical health, it's it's more towards the older age group, so people who are like above the, above their 50s. Um, it kind of improves, improves their mobility, um, reduces their mortality, um, but then the mental health effects um, helps everyone. Um, it, count, it can counter depression and anxiety. It also increases just your well-being in general. Um, one of the studies that I found was actually a study that I wish I would have known existed because it seems pretty cool. Um, it's the Wisconsin Longitudinal Study for Health Benefits of Volunteering, and um, it was published in 2007 but they actually collected data from the 50s and they followed people for a long period of time on their benefits that they received from volunteering. Um, And a lot of the things that they found was that um, people just reported their well-being is increasing over time from volunteering. Um, It also increased their happiness, their life satisfaction, their self-esteem, decreased their depression, increased their physical health. Um, So just a plethora of things. it helped them with. Right. Um, they also found, though, which I thought was really interesting, that if people are volunteering willingly on their own without having to do it, it has even greater effects than mm-hmm. if you are like required to do it for a class mm-hmm. or something like that. Right. Um, and I think that just because it makes people feel like they are doing something even better, they're helping the world, um, just makes people feel like they matter and mm-hmm. they're making a difference in their community. Um, so... And I think that's what I've read as well. That um, and so it, I'm thinking about it, uh, there's an article by uh, Stephen Post, who's uh, a medical school and uh, bioethicist, who, who in 2005 talked about it. Actually, in an article, I like I love the title. It's called "It's Good to Be Good," um, and where he does like a lit review of all mm-hmm. this, and he describes, um, I think, two cases when it doesn't help. One is um, if it if it's overwhelming, meaning it's just too much, right? Mm-hmm. You've just ex- overextended yourself, or if it's heavily forced, you know, and yeah. kind of mm-hmm. describing what you're describing, that it isn't is that the benefits are are less under those circumstances. Mm-hmm. But for those people who who do it voluntarily and they don't sort of overwhelm themselves, it's got all of these different 
different benefits. Mm -hmm. I'm curious for both of you, how have you seen that kind of play out? I mean, can you think of examples of, mm -hmm. of volunteers you've worked with and um, or yourselves and, and think about some of the benefits you think? Sure. Um, well, we do require our partner families to complete 300, 500 mm -hmm. hours. So that is required, but we do see the families come back after mm -hmm. they've met their minimum requirements. Sometimes families complete their hours before their build even starts, wow. and then they continue to come out on, on their construction site or other families' construction sites or continue to work at the restore mm -hmm. just because they found how beneficial it was to them to help build mm -hmm. their home. They want to help others. So that's pretty cool of what we see. Um, kind of along the same line, sometimes we have volunteers that come in and want to volunteer that are court-ordered to maybe get some hours done, mm -hmm. or um, high school students that need to do it for community service hours or whatnot. Um, but we do find that some of them come back, you know, mm -hmm. they have a really good time with their experience. They want to come back and volunteer just on your own, and that's our goal. I mean, our goal is the construction coordinators really make you feel comfortable on site, and if you don't want to do something, you don't have to, and really mm -hmm. make sure you're okay and that your experience is going well. So we want you to come back and continue to right. volunteer. So we, we do see that. Well, I suppose so much of that, you know, when we talk about things being forced, or yeah. being, mm -hmm. so much of that must be about, Kind of how you talk about it with the person who's who's doing the volunteering yeah. that yeah. there's a difference between saying okay you got to do this to get your hours yeah. and saying i mean i think about the way i for example talk about volunteering or, or giving with my kids and it's very much framed around this is why we do this and, and framed around mm -hmm. like the importance of giving back and there are people who need things that, that right. you know Absolutely. and that's a very different I guess, spin or way of talking about it than yeah. just you, you have to do this for this class, right? Or, right. or this, that sort of mandated approach. Yeah. I think for me, um, when I went on my first trip, I really didn't know what to expect. And so I, th I actually liked that. Like, I didn't have anyone tell me, um, like, how it would affect me. Like, yeah, we talked about, like, what to expect as in building. But um, leaving was actually really hard, mm -hmm. um, leaving the trips, because I we wanted to keep building. We wanted to see the house finished and see the people move in. Right. Mm -hmm. And we didn't get to do that. And so that was difficult um, but I think that's also what kept bringing me back to wanting to build again and again every year um, I wanted to help more people and um, see other people get close to having their home mm -hmm. um, and also meeting different families and seeing how it impacted them was really great mm -hmm. um, and then when I went to the Philippines I think it was even greater because we got to see the extreme poverty literally on the other side of the street versus the buildings that we were making for the habitat homeowners and so it was it was crazy to see the difference, but it also made you feel really good because you're like, look how many people I'm bringing out of that poverty. Mm -hmm. Look how many people I'm giving shelter and how many kids are going to have a place to go home to sleep where they're not going to get, you know, rained on or, you know, they're going to have a, a place to eat dinner together. Mm -hmm. um, so I, th I think when everyone leaves the trips, um, for what I've experienced, is everyone usually has a really good mood. Everyone leaves mm -hmm. feeling like they made a difference. Mm -hmm. And they feel like they've just done something awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's a nice, uh, another nice segue into what I wanted to talk about too, which is that because I think at this point people are sort of well aware of the idea that okay, so giving makes you feel good, right? Mm -hmm. That's that's part of sort of every positive psychology discussion there is that that giving makes people feel better. But I think one of the questions a lot of times people don't dig is is the next question, which is why. Right? So why? Uh, and you you hit on a little bit with sort of the increased meaningfulness in your life or the mm -hmm. importance of my life. Look what I was able to do. But what are some other reasons why um, why we we see people sort of benefit themselves psychologically? I think 
a couple of things that I did find in the research as well is some intangible benefits they talked about, such as just like feeling pride for your community. Mm -hmm. um, you're bringing people together and making a difference. And so you're just going to, uh, you're going to feel better about that. You're going to have pride for, mm -hmm. for what you did and for your community. Mm -hmm. um, you're also just going to feel satisfied for what you did because you did something probably that you've never done before. Mm -hmm. um, and then you'll just feel a sense of accomplishment, which I think no matter what you're accomplishing, whether it's, you know, volunteering or doing homework or, you know, having a good day at work. Like, if you feel accomplished, you're just automatically going to feel better about yourself and you're going to mm -hmm. have increased mood. Mm -hmm. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, I saw a couple of uh, that, that post article, actually. The, the 2005 post article highlights kind of five different things. And he talks about some things that you wouldn't even, that are obvious, but you wouldn't necessarily think of right off the bat. Like, mm -hmm. just time to socialize with other people that yeah. when you're volunteering you're usually with other people you're sharing yep. that experience and and that alone we know has psychological benefits mm -hmm. you mentioned a distraction from your problems which is another piece that he talks about that is just a distraction from whatever you've got going on um the meaningfulness we talked about and you kind of mentioned this too that the um the increase in self-esteem this idea mm -hmm. that and I, I took a like a volunteer vacation when i was in uh undergrad and i remember when it was all said and done, mine was to Tanzania and East Africa. And I remember when I was all done having this sense of, I did that, right? There was mm -hmm. like this confidence yeah. boost for me that that was a really, really big deal that yeah. I hadn't been out of the country other than, to, I'm from Minnesota, so of course, had been to Canada, right? <laughs> 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 and um, so, but other than Canada, I'd never been out of the country. And so what that meant uh, and so on, but, but also just the physical activity that we know mm -hmm. it's a, a boost in mood that way as well. Yeah. So there's a host of reasons that we might see. Yeah. So. I think you also like, I learned a lot about the resources in our community that I didn't know existed before. Um, like I didn't know the restore existed until I was, mm -hmm. when on my first build trip and we helped in their restore and I was like, I've never heard of this before. Like what's the concept? And then realizing they had one here in green Bay and being able to help. I've helped at the restore a few times and, getting to help that way too, learning about all of that kind of stuff, I think improves your mood as well. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, we, um, we start every build site with a prayer. You know, we're a Christian-based organization and mm -hmm. that really sets the mood for a good day as well mm -hmm. on the build sites. And then we also have, you know, a book where they have the family profile. If a family can't be there that day, they get to read a little bit about the family and who mm -hmm. that home is benefiting. Um, we do encourage our families to come out on meal sites or during lunchtime and, and provide meals. Even if they are working, they can just sneak away and just say, mm -hmm. hey, thanks to the volunteers. The volunteers just love that. Anytime mm -hmm. they can get a chance to meet the family or get to know the family a little bit more. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and then the other thing is, is at the end of the day, they can see what they've accomplished. Right. That's a really yeah. cool thing. And they feel co more confident in themselves mm -hmm. and they can see progress that's been mm -hmm. made on the home. Yep. Um, you know, I don't get out on the construction sites a whole lot, but I have a couple of times. <laughs> right. And to be able to see something that you've done at the end of the day and mm -hmm. see progress for that family and just envision them in the home um, yeah. is really cool. Yeah, yeah, I was wondering. So my mom is the mayor of my hometown, and she oftentimes, she's pretty tied mm -hmm. to, to Habitat. And, yep. and so whenever there's a new home in her in her mm -hmm. city she goes to the the move-in tag dedication so like that. yeah. yeah and mm -hmm. she she sends um she always sends us you know picture or video mm -hmm. or something like that and so i've yeah. gotten to see some of that i was wondering actually when sarah when you described um not you know not that first time not getting to see people move in i was wondering mm -hmm. what opportunities are there sort of down the road for people but it sounds like you get to see we um we encourage anyone and everyone to come to a home dedication as far as the staff at habitat i think i can speak on behalf of everyone and say that's our favorite part of the job is 
going to that home dedication ceremony, witnessing the family receive their keys of all the hard work and everything that they've overcome to be able to become a mm-hmm. homeowner. Um, you know, everyone from the community comes to speak, local sponsors who sponsored the home and the mayor, of course, and anyone else who was involved with the build. We invite all the volunteers mm-hmm. who were on that build so they come to the home. The home is filled with people who had some part in their homeownership mm-hmm. journey. And so we actually have one coming up February 18th. All right. um, it's at 722 Crooks Street on the east side and on the corner of Crooks and Jackson. Okay. And it's at 530. And anyone is welcome just to see what the process is like, learn about Habitat a little bit more, see Habitat home, what it looks like, and uh, congratulate the family. That so. sounds great. Yeah. I will include that all that information, too, in the blurb about yeah. this. So that and, of course, it's on our website, too. So. That is great. And I'll include a link to your website. Yeah. So. Awesome. Great. Well, before we finish up today, it's time for us to play five questions. Okay. So I've <laughs> where, where we ask you five questions. All right. Um, and so we'll alternate. Sarah and I will. Sarah, do you want to go first? Sure. Just draw one out of there. She doesn't get right. to answer the questions? No, nope, she gets to ask. She just okay. gets to ask. What TV show or movie are you ashamed to admit you love? Oh, boy. Probably Long Island Medium. I have not actually. <laughs> I now have something to look up yeah. as soon as we're done here. That is how it's I, a pretty good show. Yeah, I, I like it, uh, but my uh, coworkers definitely make fun of me for watching it. So. Oh, right. yeah. yeah. That is good stuff. Yeah. Um, what did you want to be when you were growing up? Oh, Lots of things, an artist, a singer, but I can't draw or sing. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I found uh, social work was really my niche. And uh, <laughs> so I, I, I'm at the right place. But right. when I was young, I wanted to be those things. So, yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> what books are at your bedside? Oh, it's weird you were going to ask me that question. I'm not a big reader. No. I have a toddler who's turning two. And okay. really, I read articles about parenting online. It's really. Right. Um, Really what I read, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Parenting. I was going to say, for a long Ways time. Ways to keep your toddler busy. That's pretty yeah. much what I read about, yeah. For a long time, making the terrible twos terrific was on my nightstand. Yes, so yes. For, for about two years there, actually. Because yeah. I have two close to, close in age. Okay, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yes, but yeah. I One know, right so. into the other, yeah, so. Was, um, what is, uh, what's your favorite travel spot? Oh, favorite travel spot. Um... For our honeymoon, we went to Punta Cana in the Dominican Republic, and that is absolutely beautiful. Um, however, I did travel to Greece, too, after I, before I started my master's program, after I got my bachelor's degree. My best friend and I said, you know, we're going to Greece and Italy and, you know, took out a loan and before we started real-world jobs. And so I would say Greece and Punta Cana would be my two favorites. Awesome. Yeah. Those mm-hmm. both sound great. And our yeah. last question, Sarah? What is your biggest pet peeve? Mm. Gosh. Probably people who chew with their mouth open. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah, like that. yeah, that's really distracting. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Try to talk. <laughs> what not to do when yeah. I'm out to work with coworkers. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Sounds good. Well, I want to, so thank you very much, both of you. So I wanted to say a special thanks. Before we go, um, do you have anything you want, any sort of final things you want to say? No, just check out our website. We have pictures and all sorts of upcoming dates and how to get involved. You know, volunteer forms are right online and 
Perfect. Testimonials and all that good stuff. So. That was my. Uh, that was going to be one of my last questions here. Was just a, for a student who wants to get involved, or for anyone who, yep. who's listening who wants to get involved. How do they do it? Yep. It sounds like go to the website. Go to our website, greenbayhabitat.org. We also have a Facebook page, Greater Green Bay Habitat for Humanity. It's kind of long. Um, but there's lots of pictures and the forms right on there to fill it out and submit it right there. It's the first step. Sounds good. Great. Yeah. Sarah, do you have anything you want to add before we? Um, sure. If students also, if they want to get involved in our campus chapter for Habitat for Humanity, we have meetings every Wednesday. Um, they're at 6 p.m. in MAC 204. Um, and we give a lot of opportunities to um, build with Habitat. We have a couple build days that we help with, um, fundraisers and things like that. And then also um, we do have a spring trip. Uh, if you're interested in signing up for that as well, they're going to Texas. Nice. Um, so you can come to our meetings and learn um, about everything there. That cool. sounds great. Thank you so much. All right. So just a couple quick things. I want to thank, once again, our producer, Kate Farley. I know. I've, <laughs> that's, what, that's more or less what you do, right? Yes, sort of, a, sort of a promotion. I think for a while there we called you all sorts of things, but I've kind of mixer, I've, I've settled on producer because that's ultimately what you're doing. So, But thank you so much, Kate, for everything you do. Um, I also have been remiss, although I have thanked her personally for our beautiful, beautiful podcast art, if you uh, have seen it and like it as much as I do. Um, mm-hmm. But I haven't said anything on air yet. So Kimberly Vlees, thank you so much for the wonderful podcast art. I, it makes me smile literally every time I see it. So you did a really nice job, and I appreciate it. So. Um, let's see, our next episode, which is going to be dropping one week from today, uh, is going to be on personality, genetics, and politics with Dr. Aaron Weinshank from, uh, from the uh, uh, PEA, Public and Environmental Affairs. So looking forward to that. That'll be one week from today. Thank you both so very much. We Thank appreciate you. your being Thanks. here. Thanks for having me. Bye.